32 counties. United by people. That was my, very Andrew, wasn't it? That was. My name is Una. And my name is Andrea. And this is United, United Ireland. Ireland. Every week on United Ireland, we go under the hood of issues in Ireland, behind the head, behind, beyond the headlines, bringing you smart people who know what they're talking about. Um, just before we came on air, we were discussing how can we get more Patreons? And we know that the key to this is actively promoting and marketing ourselves. <laughs> and yet it appears to be something we're completely unwilling to do. But anyway, if you do, if you have listened to a few podcasts, we'll use just tootle over there to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland and give us three euro a month so we can make all these podcasts and bring you great bonus episodes. And we've got more bylines coming up. We have a very, very interesting 32 questions coming up um and we have some great sunday suits i really can't wait to tell you our big news it's, it's coming down the line oh my god you're actually going to be so excited so that was a way to ask you to um pay for the podcast and uh if you can do that please do now also as an aside there's a very good byline out at the moment um, that you are, we've had such great feedback on it. So if you haven't listened to that, I'd give that a listen. And also the Sunday Suits have been really helpful to me. So I think they'll be helpful to you. Mm. Yes. Isabel Hayes on the most recent byline, really fascinating discussion with her uh, about her court reporting. So um, all of those things you get for three euro a month. Now, Andrea, as you well know, we are not ones to react. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> um, but but this week, let's get some let's get some action music in here. We're talking about the big housing debate on RTE's prime time. As two men climbed the hallowed steps of Montrose into the octagon of bruising housing policy, who would land the killer blows and claim victory in this battle royale? Will it be game show host slash housing minister Darrow O'Brien walking around with his cuffs out like the rent isn't going up every five minutes? Or will it be his fierce contender, a rare politician who actually appears to know what he's talking about? Oh, no brain. It's OB versus OB, and we'll have a full rundown of the action and the juiciest analysis in town. Bish bash bosh. But first, it's the State of the Nation. Go on, what's the state? The state is that it's kind of like... You kind of miss the COVID juice. There's no real state of the nation going on, is there? Where's Don't the drama? Ever, ever, ever say that again. Ever. <laughs> oh, that was an unfortunate jest. But yeah, uh, main shit. The government are looking to reduce the cost of living. Sound them, given that it's their fault it's so high. I guess. <laughs> Chance of life. I got my... Uh, electricity bill for my business and it was three times for the same period last year the price fucking hell that's wild now there was extra usage but like still that's insane anyway if they could do that bring down the cost of living that would be a a start i suppose i think they're just really like fuck fuck what are we gonna do what are we gonna do everyone hates us and also just like we're not gonna be around here for much longer Empty the coffers. Just give people free money. Maybe that will work. I mean, that's the default thing. It's like, Fianna Fáil is just like, 
you know, love me, love me, you know, <laughs> real like Gwyneth Paltrow in the pink dress kind of Oscar moment. And just so weird the way they were like, and uh, people who are rich will not be able to opt out of taking the free money. <laughs> That well, the that's basically, is that not Fine Gael's entire slogan raised <laughs> <laughs> on that? Are you wealthy? Do you want to be even wealthier? <laughs> Here's the money. Here's some money and all these policies. Um, strip mine this land and here you go. Oh my God, I can't believe things are so expensive. What happened? <laughs> it's so weird. We're really going to try and fix this and maybe like give you a hundred euro off your healing. Cool. Cool. The rent is really high. Let's give money to people to pay the high rent. Mm, okay. That's just going to contribute to inflation and make it worse and make people charge more. So if you actually tackled the issue instead of just like, you know. Throwing money at the problem, which I'm a big fan of a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what else is going? Um, So Edwin Poots is getting political up there in the north. Surprise, surprise. The DUP minister um, who has, he's the agricultural minister, is taking steps to, to, I suppose, unstabilize the Northern Irish protocol, would that be fair to say? Um, And he is saying that he no longer has the power to stop protocol checks on um, uh, stuff coming in from Great Britain into Northern Ireland, that it's just that he needs to let everything in with no checks and that that's the end of that and uh he the dup brought it to the assembly but it has to go through this thing where they have to get buy-in from everything but the dup can just uh abstain from that so the Sinn Féin put a little uh thing that it couldn't actually make it to that point even so there's a lot of chess playing going up in the north wouldn't be like the north would it people playing chess with people's lives no I'm actually currently sitting in Belfast right now, Andrea. Were you there with Edwin? I was, I haven't, no. <laughs> um, oh, what, I can't even, I can't even talk about the DUP. Anyway, okay. go on. Taoiseach <laughs> uh, Michal Martin has said that he does intend to bring to Cabinet shortly proposals for a Citizens Assembly on Biodiversity. Cool. Um, I suppose, it, like, obviously this has been called on for a long time. We need to get moving does feel like it's a bit late in the game to be having the chats about us burning down the world, but every step is a step closer to less burning. Um, Michal Martin really is the king of committee culture, isn't it? It's like, you know, everybody knows all of the problems. Everybody knows all the various answers and different ways to tackle things. And you, you like say that to him and he goes, let's do a little committee or a Or let's just like, let me just delegate this into some kind of liminal space where nothing will ever happen. That's kind of his his mode for, what, going on about 40 years now, I would imagine, in politics. I do have a bit of a soft spot for Citizens' Assembly, naturally, um, because it did surprise a lot of people of getting a a measure for the abortion referendum. Yeah, marriage quality. Marriage quality. So oh, no, I definitely think that they're really, they're good models, but I just feel like they're great for people like Michal Martin who just want to kick things into the all the time. Although I saw Evie Nihulvon, shout out to Evie in front of the pod, uh, talking about how there was a citizen assembly promised on education and that hasn't happened. And she thinks that that would be a really great 
um, mm. forum for looking at pa- patronage and actual public schooling. And, you know, she's just always talking about like the mad dysfunction of grind culture and all that kind of stuff. So nobody mentioned it's Norma. She's it's in the programme for government, believe it or not. She's usually <laughs> out and about having the chats with everyone. Never, it's like Norma stop yapping on like enough visibility from you we've had enough um, the Sock Dems brought a bill the real cost of cancer to try and obliterate the uh, 80 euro fee that it costs for um, patients getting chemo plus the parking fees and when you add up all the costs that are involved in someone going through cancer it comes in at around a grand a month um, and the problem now is that there are debt collectors handing cancer patients to get their money. Um, Leo Radker came out yesterday and said, well, they should pay it because it's the morally right thing to do. Um, <sighs> as opposed to I am maybe providing access to health care and um, et cetera. Or just, you know, expressing a human feeling, uh, you know, or being in any way compassionate, which he seems incapable of being. And, and prefers to just well actually his way through life. But the moral right thing to do is for them to pay the price. Listen, Andrea, you know, um, one person's rent is another person's income and their pension. <laughs> he actually came, became a landlord uh, recently enough, Leo Racker. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's a picture. Congratulations of- to the <laughs> on his it latest is. achievement. It is good to have a, a multiple revenue stream going, I suppose. Um, there's a picture of him dressed in a Metallica t-shirt in college. Is that actually him or is it just someone who looks like him? I haven't seen it. Um, he is a big music head, but I wouldn't have thought Metallica was his bag. Maybe it is. I don't know. We'll ask him next time we see him. Nothing else matters. Uh, and finally, the Russian drills are kicking off in the Atlantic today. There's a few of our boats out circling, the RAF are overhead. Someone came out and said that this happens all the time, guys. Calm down. So, cool. <laughs> and then Putin came out and was like, guys, you guys are not giving us enough serious thought about the threat of Ukraine. It's all yeah. a bit mad, isn't it? Mental, yeah. Big men swinging their dicks around. Now, speaking of no, no, no. Uh, let's talk. Brings us perfectly onto our main business. <laughs> Here we go. Great. Housing, housing. Now, it goes without saying that binary media bun fights aren't really our bag, but we couldn't resist discussing this long-awaited debate from uh, two very different characters. Your dad's friend who sells Tupperware, aka Housing Minister Dara O'Brien, and Professor of Housing Potions at Housing Hogwarts, <laughs> Owen O'Brien. Um, this has been awaited for, for a long time. Um, so we'd set up, we'd kind of were like, oh, this is going to be a real juicy debate, and then we'll do this episode, and then we'll be talking about it. <laughs> But actually, the debate was kind of terrible in a it way. It was the dampest squid of... Now, obviously, you're, you don't want juice in a debate because it's about people's lives and housing. But it was just pointless. It was... It's, you know, it's it's kind of mad because um, it is clear that... I've, I've noticed this. I don't know if you've noticed this, Andrea, but over the last couple of years, and I think it's probably the 
outcome of how discourse changed around marriage equality and repeal, that people were much more like, you know, take the heat out of it and actually have a discussion where people are heard. And so you kind of see politicians actually be much more, you know, no, I'm going to, you know, just be calm here and we're going to discuss it all and it's all going to be lovely. And I think the um, that debate between uh, or discussion between Leo Varadkar and Mary Lou Macdonald on a United Ireland that time on Claire Byrne, a prime time or whatever, is a really good example of that. Mm. So that's clearly the mode that Dara O'Brien and Ona Bryn were in. But I, what I found, you know, there were multiple frustrating elements of it, mostly to do with what Dara O'Brien was saying, obviously. But it was kind of a bit mad how uh, it was Fran McNulty as a presenter, right? Kind of kept trying to inject antagonism into the discussion. You know, usually it's politicians interrupting each other, but in this case, pr- presenters kind of, you know, give people a hard time. And, and I really feel that there could have been a discussion facilitated that people can learn from. Mind did you... Did the whole time? I know I did, that it was Sarah McInerney that was doing it. Yeah, I think Sarah... Like, I mean, Sarah McInerney is amazing. I mean, I think as well, though, it's like there, there's a time for a grilling... And there's a time for the public to learn and the audience to learn people's positions. And, you know, people kind of underestimate audiences all the time, I suppose, and and are able to hear people talk and go, well, that's wrong or that's right. So either it's the two people going at each other who are who have totally different points of view or they're just kind of saying their bit and the audience is like, well, I think that's bullshit or that's saying smart. But I think like it, there was a ver- there was massive tonal discrepancy between the two OBs and Fran, you know, in terms of, and I guess he was trying to just like energize it a bit because it kind of was being quite flat. But I really have to say, like after watching it, like I I I like I think Dara O'Brien is just hopeless, you know, and and I we all know that the gaslighting nonsense of having a Minister for Housing from Fianna Fáil after, you know, 2008 uh, is just like a trip, basically. (laughs) We're back. Remember that thing we completely fucked? Well, now we're telling you that we're the perfect people to solve it. And we can't do it overnight, guys. Can't do it overnight. Do it overnight. We are bringing in supply. We're working hard to get it in this year, but like it can't be. Like we can't do it just all in one go. Yeah, which they have been saying every day uh, since 2011, (laughs) Um, and here we are in 2022. Um, You know, I remember writing before, like people say, it takes a decade to solve housing, and it does. And now we're living in the or we're living in the decade, or to make an impact on housing. And it does. And now we're living in the outcome. What an impact. What an impact, lads. What an impact. A couple of things I want to pick up on. Um, First of all, it's really interesting, Dara O'Brien's presenting style, you know, and coming to the coming to the debate all revved up, you know, get the cuffs out an extra inch, really going first. And um, but even uh you know, like a, like a lot of politicians in government right now, O'Brien's very superficial, you know, um, in terms of what he says and the jargon and the nothingness, you know, commencements, commencements erupts, real delivery. We're activating new supply, a whole new form of rental. We have to build up the capacity. You know, these, just these kind of... Real, 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 yeah, yeah. real changes. Real, it's real. Real. I'm real. 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 <laughs> oh my God, it was like uh, real to real. Yeah. I'm real. This is real. You're not dreaming. I really am housing minister. 
you are not high. You have not woken up from a slumber after the crash and been like, what has happened? Um, but even on a superficial level, the lack of understanding about how you actually get your message across. Now, first of all, the message is kind of trash. It's like, look, we're doing things, guys. We're just totally doing things. But does does anybody in government think, does anybody in Fianna Fáil think, does anybody in Dara O'Brien's think, uh, team think that embarking upon an evening of snide replies and interruptions and interventions and like, I know you are, but what am I? stuff is actually going to connect with people who watching that program are sitting home broke as a joke dealing with the crazy cost of living and the central tenet of that cost of living being the cost of rent. It is just banana town and you have gov- like governments all over the world are freaking out about inflation you know and now obviously you know, our government is just like, fuck, people are in a lot of trouble here with the cost of living. That's why you screwed up the whole last election. But it's like, what is central to that cost? What is one of the things that's really contributing to inflation? Rising rent still up, 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 up. That is the main cost that so many people have. Well, Una, if people didn't stop opposing housing, then maybe we'd get somewhere and we'd have places to rent. Well, this was the key thing that we were talking about they were gonna they were gonna go for. And it's just really frustrating because and I think Ona Bryn was right to say when O'Brien said that, that you know, that's a misrepresentation of what actually happens on the councils. And you mentioned Oscar Trainers and you mentioned O'Devany's Gardens and he's like, you know, you're you're all opposed to that kind of stuff. Well, I live right beside the O'Devany's Garden site and I do not see that's been lying vacant for a decade or whatever it is. Like, first of all, the stupidity of not actually using that site for something for the community in the meantime, for the young people and the children in, in, in Dublin 7 to have something going on in, in this area. Second of all, Bartra have run rings around the council and the government with regard to that development, proposing one thing, doing another and, 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 and squeezing in small housing, small housing, studio apartments, built to rent uh, into that site Another thing is that they are, are are trying to get one over on the council now. The council put a thing in the in the planning saying we don't want this sold to institutional investors and barter of taking a case against that. They're taking a case so that people in that area will not be able to own their own homes. And the and the the fourth thing is uh Obviously, they're going to be completely unaffordable in terms of the rent. The fifth thing is there are no ancillary meaningful amenities being put in place that will be able to facilitate these now thousand plus uh, households who who are going to be in the area. There's no consideration over the people who were moved from O'Devanese, never, ever, ever being able to afford this stuff. And the other thing is the lie that the government told uh, about, about the development of that site in that it would be a mixed site, so a mix of public housing, a mix of affordable housing, a mix of private housing, and that that it would be there would be no segregation with regards to public housing or social housing, whatever you want to call it, and the the other housing. And literally, I remember Pascal Donahue, who is from this constituency and this part of it, of course, he's completely fucking abandoned. 
saying all of the, all the public housing and the social housing will be peppered uh, between the development. There won't be separate things. Well, look, I, I'm looking at the back of my window right now and you can see over to what has happened in that the council built blocks of public housing blocks of social housing that are separate to the other development. So unless Pascal Donoghue thought that the developers were going to build public housing in mid-fucking air and build the rest of the apartments around it so there would be pepper between it. So anything that this government says about O'Devany's Gardens, after they failed every single step of the way, most crucially, the people who are actually living in O'Devany's Gardens, never mind the issues that were being suffered there when the government was totally abandoning people with regards to all the the very, very difficult issues um, instigated by marginalisation and poverty and addiction and so on. So anything that this government says about ODG when it's been sitting there, nothing, fucked up the whole deal with the, the developers. People were moved out and promise, promised housing and nothing happened. So any of that kind of crack, anything about Oscar Trainer, anything about all that stuff, just do not listen to these people. The vast majority of the time when council councillors, well-meaning councillors are opposing developments in particular constituencies or areas, they tend not to be doing it because they don't like housing. Everybody knows we need housing. But this moment is now being used to shove in substandard over overdevelopment for profit for developers. That is what this crisis is being used for now. And week in, week out, you're going to have people dealing with totally, you know, uh, uh, nonsense high-rise development in places where we should be we expanding villages and making uh, high-density mid-rise. So, sorry, I just feel like that's just so disingenuous and it needs to be called out. Una, I think you're forgetting what was very clearly <coughs> highlighted by the developer in the package beforehand where he's like, I'm sick telling people developers need to make money or there's no supply. Yeah, well, developers do need to make money, which is why you need the, the state to to actually have proper housing policy so that that's just not what it is all about, which is what it has become. Anyway, what were more of your thoughts, please? <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to say, to be honest. I just... Uh, I just thought it was it was uh, as we kind of thought, led, insinuated to yesterday. Big dick energy being swung around. I think um, I was very dis. I'm not going to say very disappointed. I feel like I wish Ona Brain, who knows his shit, as we've had him on the podcast before, uh, illustrated that because it felt like he was just taking pot shots at the government rather than saying and sharing the issues that are at hand. And yeah, I was pretty sad about that. Mm, there's a weird thing actually happening with Sinn Féin's messaging um, at the moment, I think, in that the reflex is attacking the government for doing everything wrong. You know, sometimes uh, that is perfectly valid. But there's something about their messaging on housing that there's not a cut through happening or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's an open goal for them because he knows his shit. He uh, is passionate about it. And if he spent the time talking about it rather than like, because nobody cares about taking down the government. Like people just care about, well, what, what is the solution? Like it's gone past the kind of scoring point stage at this stage. 
and even that debate last night was it felt like a debate like too like felt like Fran being the big dick energy I have to stop saying that please stop saying that that is very very insulting <laughs> um, but like it just did feel like lads having a debate as opposed to it being about like solving and coming up with solutions for many people's lives who are on the edge of reason and when it was just about maybe winning and the media this morning a lot of it was like who won the debate and I think I'm going to call this as the winner it's like there are no winners it's this is not about trying to win this is about trying to like provide better lives for for society and the people who live here. Mm, Irish media is so myopic in that way though. Um, and I know that we we were we we're kind of taking the piss out of it, right, by framing it as this like octagon fight or whatever. But like, obviously we're doing that with a degree of irony. Uh, <laughs> unlike I think other, other, uh, other media observers. But what I would say is like, one of the things that I find interesting is, you're right, Ono Brin does know his shit. He can get bogged down in, um, detail like he he's obviously a very smart guy but sometimes that can come across as like overly academic nerdism or whatever that sounds insulting I don't mean it that way um and of course that's really really vital I think what was really missing from the um debate last night was all of this is actually about fundamental differences in not just uh how to like different policies that may address the housing crisis, but actually what the greater vision is. Mm. And I think that um, there was an opportunity missed for Sinn Féin to actually lay out the fundamentals of their vision and how that's so different to the dysfunction that we're living with. Mm. And I think that, you know, um, this person gave me this. And that uh, feels like that happens every time Sinn Féin are given these opportunities, the debates, that it is about point scoring and never about illustrating their Yeah, points. but that's because like the Irish media will not engage in big picture analysis a lot of the time. And it's all about like segmenting small little points and tit for tat stuff as opposed to actually even acknowledging that political ideologies exist and that they're starkly different in the case of like Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil or in the case of Ona Bryn and Dara O'Brien. And I think that there can be sometimes a reluctance for politicians who actually profess particular ideologies, let's say around housing, to really kind of open that up and, and engage with that and name that for fear of like they'll scare people in Ranelagh or something, you know, because they'll sound like socialists. But like actually, you know, that I I really really think that that is something that really appeals to Irish people, and I think if Sinn Fein are going to are going to sound different, be different, claim to be different, say they're different, say that they have all these different things, that needs to be named. You just have to say we are going to fundamentally change housing in this country. We are going to end the plague of land speculation. We are not going to have a house ex- or a country ex- exist existing that is purely about commodity commodifying land for institutional investors this is going to be different and I think that when people are getting bogged down in policy really important to discuss the detail of that and all that kind of stuff you know a real lesson for politicians when it comes to these big issues in terms of cut through is simplify and I don't when you have 15 minutes you're not getting into the nitty-gritty of policy it's about laying out your table yeah and I don't mean simplify as in like make make it like 
stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or minimize anything. But like, if you're an 18, 19, 20, if you're per, any person who's like living at home in your thirties, if you, if you're somebody who's in their forties, fifties, sixties, still sharing with people when they want to be living alone or, or with their partners, or, or if you're somebody who's, you know, in a gaff, like, and you, and you can't, and you've delayed started starting a family because of the rental crisis, which is such a, just such a fucking devastating factor for so many people. And you watched that last night. Nothing is going to cut through to you. You're just going to be like, I'm just so sick of this. And and actually, I, I fear that those kind of discussions will make people switch off. And what we actually need is people to be engaged. We need people to have hope and understanding that there are alternatives out there, regardless of what political party they are, that can actually stop what's happening right now. Because the crisis has been normalised. People are not realising how absolutely insane it is to have bed sits on the North Circular Road for 1500 euros a month. You know, to go from uh, rental prices in, you know, particular areas like Dublin 7, for example, that went from 500 quid for, uh, you know, a cottage, uh, you know, let's say eight, nine years ago, 10 years ago, I know that is a long time, to 1,800, 2,000. You know, this is not normal. We are living in an extreme situation and that the fundamentals of that are things that need to be addressed. That's what people are going to be connecting with and that's what people are going to be voting on because people do want that radical change. And if Sinn Féin profess to be the arbiters of that change, then they need to demonstrate it more effectively because in a weird way, even though the crisis is getting worse, I actually think they're kind of losing that message on housing, which is what birthed the Sinn Féin surge Mm. in many ways. It definitely felt like that last night. Mm. Interesting times, Andrea. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) so there you go there's our analysis Andrea what is getting in the sea okay I've I've stuff coming over from last week so it may feel like I'm very stressed and anxious with the amount of sea dwelling that's going to need to happen alas Imbolic worked I'm so chill it's a fresh new day the growth spurts are happening. Nature is healing. Andrea is healing. She's deleted Twitter, but she's still got a few bits of rage. First, was that a bit of a random rant? No, I'm into it. Okay. The Dutch port of Rotterdam has said that it would temporarily dismantle an historic bridge, a bridge that was built in the 1800s, that was bombed by the Nazis. It was rebuilt um, there was a promise by the council of Rotterdam a few years ago that there would never be changes made to the bridge because there's a lot of like emotional attachment to the bridge in Rotterdam. Um, however, they're going to temporarily dismantle this bridge because Amazon founder, speaking of big dicks, <laughs> swinging around, uh, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos is having a super yacht built and they need to get the yacht out to sea, literally to get in the sea. And it's the only way to get it out. When they reconstruct this bridge, can they somehow encase Jeff Bezos in it? Or is, maybe it's like a kind of a rocket. I just uh, can't with these people. Yeah, that's terrible. 
the feedback was, guys, and it seems like this is the only feedback that ever works or means anything to anyone. Loads of jobs are being made with the building of this super yacht. Tumbleweed in, uh, from me, I'm afraid. Um, super yachts are really good for the environment. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, Stay City Apartments um, have a place on the site of where the Tivoli, our cultural centre, where we used to dance. Remember that? I do. Um, they are there on that street, just living their Stay City lives. Fine. But when you go by the reception area, in the middle of the reception, there's a big piece of art of the Tivoli that they knocked down to build these shite bag apartments. <laughs> like you're literally taking the culture that you've eradicated and trying to use it as coinage in your in your fucking reception. Kind of reminds me of the Hacienda apartments in Manchester a bit. Obviously the Hacienda is kind of seen as more iconic, but they built an apartment block on the side of the club and then called it the Hacienda Apartments and did like a little colour scheme that was reminiscent of the columns inside the club. All of this cool. stuff is vile, 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 neoliberal grossness. You know what it can do? It can get in the fucking sea. <laughs> One more. An investor in student in a student accommodation development. Now, this is from last week. An investor, but it's still relevant. In student accommodation development in Town, right, is taking legal action against the residents and seeking damages for their objections to the student accommodation being built. Oh, yeah. This is the, or because they tried to do a judicial review or something. And now basically we have a situation where not only is Peter Burke trying to dismantle the planning process and uh, remove the democratic aspect of it by which people can participate in the planning process by ending judicial reviews. Developers are attempting to sue actual people who may not want um, a load of nonsense in their neighborhood. What is going I mean, when uh, my mom, my mom talks to me every day about housing crisis and she's like, when are people just going to get out on the streets and when is, and she's dead right. What is it going to take, lads? What well, is it going to well, take? I at Portobello Plaza last night. Fab. So, we, yeah, it's time for action. <laughs> cool. <laughs> really stoke the fire there, Andrea. Get people moving. It's time for action. Cool, guys. Let's go. There she is, big Jim Larkin. <laughs> Motivating everyone. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay, let's move on. Now Not it's time bananas. for It's Bananas. <laughs> What's in your bunch of fifes this week, Andrea? Okay, Dublin is the coffee culture of Europe. It was just announced. Coffee, what? Coffee what? Coffee capital. Capital. Oh, right, yeah. What did I say? Coffee culture? Yeah. Anyway, we're the bee's knees of coffee. We love it. Blah, blah. But God forbid you try and get a coffee after 4 p.m. That's fucking true, actually. Like, it is so bananas and so frustrating. And I get it. People work in coffee shops that I know and they're like look nobody orders a flat white after two because we've been conditioned to be like oh Jesus sure you'll never sleep coffee after two 
And yet everyone's in the pub. And this is a very big generalization. Everyone's in the pub sinking pints and sleeping then. Do you not think alcohol wrecks your sleep? It does. It really does. So can we not have like, I'd love like places to start to provide. And I was off booze for January. I'm great, haven't I? God, what an original idea. <laughs> and ever, we went for lunch one day and everyone went for a pint after. And I was like, well, I, drinks in pubs are disgusting for people who don't drink. So I went to a hotel and had a coffee. And I was like, can we not merge drinking and coffee that we can provide drinks that are not alcoholic, that are not disgusting at the same time? Like, why do we have to segregate everyone into different worlds? And maybe like we could start some coffee, cafe culture that like you go for a coffee at 7 p.m. How about that after work? Yeah, there just needs to be more late night cafes and hangout places. Do you remember... I'm really fucking showing my age here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm much older than you. Cafe Mocha on St. William Street. I do. That was a jam. Yeah, correct. And um, do you know where my fave place in town is for a late or whenever um, non-alcoholic beverage is? Uh, it's in Dublin um, and it's the tea garden. Would you like us to talk about Dublin, would it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that this podcast is often... Dublin centric. We're trying to not do that. Apart from the episode we're going to do on the Dublin development plan. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the tea garden on the Keys. Oh, that there. was lovely. Beside the Morrison. Remember the Morrison? Is that it gone? Is the tea garden gone? Oh, I don't know. Oh my God. I don't go, I don't go there. Um, well, it is a, 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 a late night cafe. Um, now, obviously. So like, I think there's a cultural shift that needs to happen that it's like there's one place on the Keys where you can travel to to get a coffee at the late night. Like there are places you can go to, but it's just like, can we just go everywhere? Agree. Um, what else is bananas? Uh, the other things that are bananas is Carol Cad- Cadwallader being personally sued by Aaron Banks. You probably have a lot to say about that on journalism and personals, people being sued rather than publications. Uh, yeah, but it does happen. And uh, this is a really appalling. And Carol has been doing absolutely amazing work. She's one of the best journalists working in the world today. She has just done massive, massive amount of public service globally. And you can donate to her um, legal, fee- legal fees that she has to uh, now deal with. Um, if you go on her, on her Twitter, she has a link there to, to donate. Um, and finally... Absolutely bananas. We've spoken about this before, the development of new market that obviously the t- clue is in the title that used to be a market space. Um, the offices there applied for a planning permission to put in a convenience store and off license and to take up uh, the artist studios uh, to provide seating for said convenience stores. Um, there was, it was denied and then they've reapplied for edited planning permission for more the, the same shit again um so if you can make a comment on that it's on dublin city council's website you it's very easy to make a comment you fill in your details upload your attachment with what you want to say and bish bash bosh you have contributed to the shape of our city um okay favorites <laughs> Okay, my favourites this week. Um, some are projections, some are reviews. My projection of Champagne and Ejeka and Index. I am sweating to get into Index. It's been repurposed and remodelled. Uh, Sunil is playing as well on Friday. 
Um, absolutely buzzing. Like, I can't tell you how much Imbolc has made a difference. I'm literally chomping at the bit for a, a, a boogie. A boogie wonderland. Go on out of it. Um, but I am obsessed with champagne and ketamine and all that jam. So very excited for that. Um, and a bit of mother as well. I'm going to dance my socks off that weekend. Uh, speaking of dancing my socks off, No More Hotels is back. Buzzing. It's been two years since we put on a show. Uh, we've been doing all fucking shite not shite obviously stuff that is interesting but we set it up to be a sesh the sesh is back it's on the 19th of march paddy's weekend tickets are flying out uh we haven't uh, announced any of the acts or the Dublin island disco djs um but the dinner and a show part is selling selling fast um they'll be gone soon and then the disco part at 11 is afterwards you can get tickets to that as well so do pop on and uh, buy a little ticky edge um i was obsessed with her story light show for imbolic bridge day with moon Manaw, my new favorite uh woman shaman woman um i just bought the goddesses of ireland ancient wisdom for modern women uh book so i'm very excited for that to arrive and um, but moon Manaw, like I'm, I'm going full shamanism vibes. Um, she's like the jam, but you can do all these like shameless retreats. So stand by for my updates on shamanism. I'm very excited about the ayahuasca phase of your life. That is clearly oh, absolutely not. No, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. Absolutely not. I've seen the effects that has had on some people. They've turned into dicks. <laughs> 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 oh my god what else is in your favorites like there's no lie there in it um the return of glenisk it's a victory for ireland and yogurt in general the purveyors of one of the only cherry flavored items ireland produces it seems <laughs> um it's a long long standing bugbearer of yours <laughs> um and i just think like they had such a shit show with the fire. It's so great that they are uh, they ha- they are potting yogurt again and it will be on the shelves. Natural at first. Flavours coming in a few weeks. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing for them. They've be- they're so sound uh, from what I can tell on their social media. Um, but they, yeah, they were very, just handled it all very well, I thought. And I love their yogurts. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's an interesting thing. And you're you're not being paid by them. Is that good? Definitely not. I'm not being paid one cent. I wish I was being paid by more people. Hiya. (laughs) Um, I just think it's a gorgeous brand. Yeah, but they're they're natural yogurt, not the low fat one, the actual real one. Just the normal plain yogurt is one of the best yogurts. It would be in my top three. Wow, with Fage. Fage, Fage. Fakie. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I oh, yeah, really good one. I also really like the Tesco finest coconut oh. natural yogurt. It is a fucking game changer. Any listeners out there, if you like yogurt, <laughs> we really do. We really do a lot to break the the or the what is the that? <laughs> no, Divide. that cliche thing of like you know yogurt, the official food of women. Um, oh really um, it's fucking delicious it's like oh anyway also uh, this week is the final episode of and just like that and just like that it's over and just like that 
I really want there to be a season two. Well, the big interview with Michael Patrick King about in variety this week kind of says nothing <laughs> that there might be and there may not be. Hmm. Uh, Cynthia Nixon is otherwise engaged and she's saying, look, I'm not a writer. I, I know I've executive produced and directed, but I've no, I've no control in this. And uh, whereas Sarah Jessica Parker is obviously like, yes, I want to do it again. Surprise, isn't it? Um, loved Belfast. You've got that. You can talk about that. And uh, the Dublin International Film Festival um, kicks off on the 23rd of February. Very gorge lineup. I just love this film festival. Um, Kate Dolan, who's been getting international acclaim uh, for You're Not My Mother, is in there. And Love Kate Dolan. Amazing music video director as well and a fucking sounder. Brilliant director. Love. Can't wait to see that. And your previous fave bit, Night Ride, the Belfast story, while you're in Belfast, is also in that festival. So do look up at uh, it's like so great to just pick random films and watch them because they bring a lot to your life. God, has anyone heard of art and culture and films? <laughs> You're welcome. Now, what are your favorites? Um, I went to see West Side Story uh, at the weekend last Sunday and I thought it was excellent. It's so good, isn't it? Really enjoyed it. Masterclass, technically, just really great. Um, so I presume it's still pootling around some of the cinemas. So if you haven't been to it yet. Um, Try and see it in the Stella. It's so nice. I don't like the sound in the Stella. Oh, the sound is pretty shit. Yeah. And I just don't understand why you would spend all that money and refurbish a building and create this like massive cinematic experience and not get good sound. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Anyway, um, Belfast, the film, also uh, went to see that in the lighthouse during the week. Really gorgeous. Do you know, and I know this is not an original thought, but I just love Judy Dench. <laughs> I just she looked very well in Vogue with her heart sunglasses. I could just watch her in anything. I just think she's so amazing. I just think she enriches every single thing that she's in, and that is the case here. Um, it's a very nice, mild, sentimental film. Uh, Katrina Balf and Jamie Dornan look like two of the most beautiful people in the world. Katrina Balf, amazing performance. Another absolute gem ball, um, mm. that woman. Fantastic actor as well. Yeah, I think it'll do do really well. It's shot beautifully. Black and white thing is some really nice framing. And yeah. Beautiful camera angles. Very nice pace. Yeah. It's a nod back, I feel, to to the 80s like shows like Dynasty that took their time and didn't have to whack everything into your face in one minute it's yes yeah, very gentle yeah um I think I did I mention this before as book of the week I don't think I did but I will be bringing it back for a book of the week when it's actually out in May I finally started reading um Idol by Louise O'Neill and um oh, I'm just absolutely bad into it I, I think it's brilliant it is so good um I've been like you know it's one of those May yet? no it's like May May um so just little put it on your radar although it's on everyone's radar already but yeah it's it's I'm really really enjoying it it's so juicy um there is a two-part vice mini documentary on YouTube at the moment uh called Northern Ireland's Invisible Borders um and kneecap play a 
or one of the interview uh, one of the interviewees in it and uh, it's really well worth watching so if you want a little short doc watch on YouTube Northern Ireland's Invisible Borders made by Vice um, this is what are the Invisible Borders <laughs> well <laughs> <they're> the... <laughs> Let's let's not get into Maybe that. Maybe Yeah. Um, this is Pop Baby celebrate 15 years being Pop Babies. Uh, the queer theatre performance buzzers. Um, 15 years this year and they've got a bunch of productions coming up. One of which is called Shit. It is uh, coming up a project. Oh my God. There's no, no <clears throat> warning there for that word. Oh my God. Lis- listeners who may be sensitive would be minded now to close their ears while I <laughs> once again repeat the title of this play. It is called Shit. Uh, it is a play by P- Patricia Cornelius and Jenny Jennings is directing it and amazing cast. Kate Stanley Brennan, who, if anybody saw Conversations After Sex, what a performance. Also, Ashley Amara and um, Nikki Lewis. And it's our project. And that's a deadly play to go to if you want to go to that. I think it's like 14 euros or something ticket. Um, second, and fifth, second to the 5th of March. In other theatre news, Endgame is coming up at the gate. Uh, I've got to see it whenever, I think it's the 16th or something. With Frankie Boyle and Rob Sheehan and Gina Moxley. It's a pretty fucking deadly cast, isn't it? Pretty deadly, yeah. <laughs> I also have um, Diff, the film festival, in my fave bits. Agree with... Have you heard of culture too? Next <laughs> have... you'll be on nature. <laughs> um, here are some uh, films that I will add to your uh, Kate's one and Night Ride. Red Rocket is Sean Baker's new film who he made Tangerine and the Florida Project. Um, Hive is meant to be amazing. Uh, it's a film about a group of women trying to figure out, I think it's, it's a Kosovan film or something. Um, so recommend that. And it is the 10th anniversary of one of my favorite films of all time, and it Fast is, and Furious. No, not quite. <laughs> Close. And it is being shown at uh, Diff this year again. And that is The Raid. Have you seen The Raid? No. The Raid is like one of the best martial arts films ever, I think. And it was made... I'm so surprised it hasn't crossed my radar. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an amazing action film. Um and really interesting, actually, like the guy who made it as this Welsh guy, Gareth Evans, and he makes these like Indonesian action films. Because <laughs> you falls in love with it, you know, <laughs> because um, he like started out making, I think, these documentaries on Pencak Silat, which is Indonesian um, form of martial arts, which he was really interested in. And then he basically made this action film. And it's so great. If people haven't seen it, it's just like whopper. It has the best fighting choreography. Like 
it's just so good. So if you want, I'm absolutely going to go see it on the big screen. I think it's fair to say I'm doing this podcast called The Last One to See, and they basically interview you about a film that like everyone else in the world has seen and you haven't. And they interview you before and then you watch it and you talk about it after. The fact that I'm doing it on the Rocky Horror Picture Show would probably give it away that I haven't seen martial arts film The Raid. But like you, you like action movies. Hollywood action movies. Yeah, like, but this is, this is. I, I, anyway, can we go, we'll go see it together and you'll absolutely love it. We are literally flat out with like things we're going to see. Marry me's out in two weeks. Finally, um, the Irish skating community lost one of their um, icons, I suppose, uh, this week. Bruce the Ox Kelleher um, sadly died and a lot of... Um, skateboarders and, and skate photographers and are, are are kind of trying remembering him across social media this week. So I just want to say really, really sorry to all of his um, family and his, and his friends and everybody in this skating community. He was an amazing, fearless, ruthless skater, uh, hugely creative, broke so many boundaries. And um, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's somewhere skating. Uh, right now. Book of the week. Book of the week. Book of the week. Book of the week. Week, 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 Okay, book of the week. This week is picked by me. Um, and it's a book I haven't actually read, which is really sad. It is the 100th year anniversary of Ulysses. Una, have you read it? Yes, I've read Ulysses, Andrea. Um, it is. <laughs> Obviously, I've read Ulysses. Did I, you enjoy it? I didn't enjoy it the first time I read it because I read it when I was a teenager to just be a smart ass. Um, so I didn't, I was literally just like... I wouldn't be like you. So I, off brand. Um, <laughs> I, so I was just reading like the words, you know, just like getting through the words. Yeah. And then I read it, I kind of dipped in and out of it in my 20s and then... Gave it a real thorough read. <clears throat> uh, it's probably about 12 years ago now. One thing I don't like, ugh, no book is hard. Do you know what I mean? Like there's loads of different ways to enter a book. And I think all of the discourse around Ulysses being difficult is totally exaggerated. Like, but if uh, one of the, the, the things that I found really useful was kind of reading around it, I guess, and listening to different things about it, there's um, a there's there's a bunch of like podcasts related to Ulysses. Uh, one is called Reading Ulysses, and that has the late Jerry Flaherty, who's brill on Ulysses. So like you can listen to all different little guides and find your way in. Um, I don't, I don't I mean it's obviously don't be intimidated is what you're saying. Absolutely not. Like it's just a book. Just a book. Do you know what I mean? Jump in. Jump in. Jump in. So yeah, big up Ulysses. Big up Sylvia Beach, uh, who was the one woman who um, got it published, basically, from the get-go. Uh, there's a great book called No Modernism Without Lesbians, which she features heavily in, which I would also recommend. But yes, great selection, Andrea. Thank you. <laughs> This podcast is produced by Andrew Mang and Castaway Media. Crystal Clear gave us his tuna chicken roll for our soundtrack. Sarah Fox did all of our design. This week's tuna chicken roll is Sono 
keep control because I feel like that's what we're doing at the moment. I've been Una Mullally. I've been Andrea Horan. This has been United Ireland. And that was, uh, I suppose, the issue of the nation, housing. It's time to put an end to it Try to clean my hair again Start to resuscitate my engine Try to walk back where Keep control of me. Try to keep the frequency. Keep control of me. Try to keep the frequency.
keep 